Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue podcast. It's the end of another season and in this episode we will be reviewing the 2016-17 campaign, Ronald Koeman's first. Um, before that I should mention our sponsors, Beer52, and you can get a tenner off your order at beer52.com by entering the word ECHO in block capitals as you check out. Plenty of interesting beers, craft ales from all around Europe to try. Give it a look. So, yeah, before we jump into the season review, we'll just briefly touch on the uh, the epilogue, if you like. And it was a pretty dull epilogue. Phil, I've just managed to revive him with smell and salts, espresso, and all the other sorts of things from Arsenal because it was very, very dull, wasn't it? In, in a sense, well, it wasn't. It wasn't a dull game. It was quite lively, but meaningless it, in the it way was quite they played. It was just, it were at times pathetic, really, going in the final third anyway into. To be given the impetus back by having an extra man on the field, and then to go and concede the next goal, unforgivable. Really, you know, they were for too long. They were loose and open, and yeah, not not disorganised. And and then they had, they improved a little bit, had a lot of the ball, and especially in the second half, but did absolutely naff all with it. Ultimately, Gav, they got beat by ten men, didn't they? Yeah, and as damning as that as it comes, really. Yeah, slightly disappointed that Phil's um, taken away one of the phrases I wanted to use, which I've not said this season at all, and it is uh, Everton were pathetic. I thought for the first 20 minutes, they, they sort of um, got into it, you know, in the second half of the first half, but it was just a very, very poor performance, indicative of the last three or four games or five games of the season. Um, thankfully, Kisselny sends an off probably stopped what could have been a, a very sort of a difficult afternoon so I said to me mate after 10 minutes like that this has got a 7-0 written all mm. over it like in 2005 yeah. and it changed after that I mean if that happened I thought oh, we can get something here and as you say Phil to concede the next goal and then not really be in it apart from a couple of long shots um, and what summed it up for me was the first half where about three or four players had the shot and it was just all P-rollers yeah, scuff, uh, scuff yeah. shots which sort of summed us up for the afternoon and the first ten minutes were just a shambles, you know, and indicative uh, last four or five games, and you know, move onwards from there. I think. So the word pathetic's been used there, and I'll just add another thing about it that was pathetic. Our record at Arsenal just stretches on into embarrassment. Really, you turn your hair out sometimes when Everton go away to the top sides in London, aren't you? Yeah, I was more disappointing about it overall. Like we spoke about it last week, didn't we, on the podcast? That I think you touched on it. That if we're looking to inspire to close that gap, you said Arsenal will be one of the teams that we could visibly catch next season. Now we've just played them with ten men for seventy-five minutes. They took the best player off in the second half, yet we still couldn't create nothing past them. So that just shows you the enormous gulf that we've got to try and close next season. I don't know how we do it when we're looking at that. Yeah, how many points have we finished? Fourteen yeah. behind Arsenal. Fourteen behind Arsenal. Now, how do we close that? Considering what I've just said, then that we played them again with ten men. Yeah. It's it's difficult to try and close that gap. We're gonna find out, aren't we, this summer, and what they're gonna spend this summer as well? Because can you? They're gonna be spending a few quid. I know they're in the Europa League, but they're gonna be throwing. Lots of money about as much as us. Yeah. And of course they've got an FA Cup final to look forward to, haven't course, they? Yeah. Even though it might end up being a very disappointing campaign for them commercially, missing out on the top four. They could have a trophy in the back and what we'd give to be in that oh. position. Phil, it was interesting, wasn't it? Just lastly before we, we click into the season review, John Terry there during his um after the game, not during his twenty sixth minute departure, when he was saying Chelsea almost urging Rowan Abramovich need to sign he might have said four or five but either way he said quite a few mm. top players and something to kick on and make sure they retain their control over the Premier League and when it's coming from that level you think Everton got the work cut out because we're not the only club who wants to spend and needs to spend big Chelsea are not even going to be in Everton's radar next season and Spurs probably won't be either um, City probably won't be either so Ronald had spoken about the possibility of overtaking one and maybe two teams and he was referring to Arsenal and United um, but as Tony mentioned the gap to Arsenal is still rather big you know so we'll have to, the, Everton are going to have to bank on the hope sorry and ho hope that Arsenal's recruitment policies you mentioned they're going to spend a lot of money 
but it will be hampered sufficiently by the fact they're not in the Champions League. Yeah. And so that Everton, you know, will be going to spend big and hopefully they can maybe they can have a better window of recruitment, recruit better players, sign better players than Arsenal and or Manchester United can in some areas and it can help make the difference, but it's it's a big ask. Yeah, and getting into season preview mode there before we get into it. If you haven't said that though all the clubs have got different scenarios to a degree next season, haven't they? I mean, Chelsea back in the Champions League have not been in it this season. Liverpool in the Champions League. Spurs are playing at Wembley. You know, Man United and Arsenal, as you say, needs a bit of rebuilding. You know, um, United could be in the, the Champions League. Mm. So the City. Uh, City. So I know, I know we're saying, we always, we always appear to say this every season, oh, they're just going to move ahead. But actually, they don't. And it goes back to what I was saying last week. Is you give them, you can give them all ten billion pounds each, but they're all still going to get between seventy-five and ninety points because they've all got to play each other mm. twice a season. Yeah, yeah and then got to play that, us. That's still going to gap. That it's gap. just a, a gap. It's just, it, it's just to gap. get to seventy-five points. But when you say it's grow, going to grow, I don't think it will grow. It will just stay as it is. It's up to us to move from sixty-one to seventy-five points. That's what we've got to do. Um, and the, there's and as I say. In addition to that, that there's other scenarios for the, those clubs next season, and I'm not here this season that made this advantage of them so I'm not totally despondent about next year but it's all about what we do isn't it I am I'm, I'm just a bit concerned when you're looking at what you've just said then Man United all them teams above us are probably going to spend more money than Everton and offer more wages than Everton and have Champions League ahead of us now we're going to struggle big time to compete with that as much as probably we've got more money to spend than we've ever had in our history, yeah. we're still going to struggle to compete with them clubs above us. So I just find that, so I don't want to sound negative here, but it's got, I don't see how we can try and, cl- I know we're going to have to, but I don't know how we can close that gap. How, when they can offer more wages, more transfers, more European football than Everton, well, how do we do it? Well, I think you've just, this is where you back your manager, don't you? This is where you back yeah. Ronald Koeman to make the difference to, to formulate a squad and a team and the word is team it's not being able to compete buying the best individuals if you like yeah. he's he's going within our, within the realities and within who we realistically can attract we've got to go and buy the top end but then create an 11 a 14 a 15 whatever you think that's good enough week in week out to, to compete with them that's the only way that, as in Leicester I don't know it's the, yeah. the massive anomaly and what have you but that's the kind of the, the, the sort of premise if you like isn't it the concern is with me Phil is that we tried to sign a player last season it was probably would have been the first team at Lucas Perez mm. and we just sat on Arsenal's bench all year Yeah. so that's the, that's the gulf that we've got to try and, I, I don't know they can when we're in for the play this summer and it's known in the papers and what not all it takes is a Champions League club from England to just go we're well, having well, and we're gonna, he's going to sit on our bench unlucky well this is what I'm saying about Lucas Perez is an interesting we're going to be using, use him as an example and we, we're going to ponder the imponderables and we don't know we'd have to ask him but say it was this summer Arsenal haven't got Champions League football and of course Everton haven't got Champions League football they've both got Europa League Everton the one that made the play early for Lucas Perez and it was close and it looked like they were going to get it done and then Arsenal hijacked and, and came in and mm. if you're Lucas Perez is the decision far from cut and dry then if, if the same scenario played out Everton have made the play they've come for you you look like you're going to you're going to move in say William Jose or Sandro See, yeah. because, because I, for Arsenal well Sandra obviously there's Everton. the London factor obviously and I don't know Arsenal's wage structure whether they would be you know are Everton now in a better position they'd be willing to pay more and are Everton in a position with that level of player going well, you, you can't play Champions League football there yeah, but, but, but you're going to come and play it. His agents are saying to him, well, you've got to be known more in London. You've got to be on the television more. You've got to get more deals with Arsenal than you were at Everton. You're playing with better players, etc., mm. etc. Et or, or do Everton, when they go to the negotiating table with, with these types of players, use Lucas Perez as an example and go, he chose Arsenal over us and has barely played. Yeah. I, I think it, the whole top and bottom of it, what we've just said, I totally agree. The whole top and bottom of it will just come down to money. Who's, yeah. who's offering the most wages? Well, like everyone said last season when Man United, they're going to struggle to sign players because they're not in the Champions League. You sound Pogba, Mkhitaryan. Hmm. I don't think people said they're going to Bailey. struggle to sign players. Ibrahimovic. It's all, all about Queen's Ed at the end of the Man day. Man United are never going to struggle to sign players because of the profile of the club and the manager they've got in at the moment. I think 
Phil made the point, I think it might have been a couple of podcasts ago, is the trick to this is to buy the best player that the teams not in the Champions League or in the top five or six don't want mm. or you know that's available which you know and I said at the time I think Moyes was a great he had that great skill but I've just, just that sort of the top of the second tier of players who will you know who've probably got something to prove and you know will go out and give a job do a job for you and then getting that blends right so it's not insurmountable but it needs money thrown at it doesn't it and the same rules apply now to us in our relationship the clubs above us as the clubs below us is that clubs that may have wanted to go to Stoke or West Ham now will probably come to us instead because we'll pay we'll pay more money and we'll pay a bigger fee so I think um, it works both ways doesn't it but we've got to be careful about our expectations next year but I do think we can easily break 70 points next season just by beating the teams below us is making sure that there's 13, there's 13 teams below us isn't mm. there so if you multiply that by Two, 26 games multiplied by three there's, there's 78 points mm. at play just from the team below us in the table Yeah, that's a hell of a lot of points you can get just by beating teams in that inferior to you do we so f- do that job first before we talk if, about the if top we six. can tap into that hunger in terms of recruitment especially in the forward ranks that you've mentioned there Moyes to give, to give him his due like you say was, was adept at that he'd get players with something to prove a chip on the shoulder wanted to prove they were better than they've, than they've been cast that sort of attitude can only improve us yeah, on, on this last season. Well, yeah. Too many of the players were just going through the motions, yeah. weren't they? Well, haven't they done it already with Schneidlin? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we're yeah. not talking about a bargain. Yeah. He's 25 million nicker, wasn't he? You know? yeah. But that's what, I'm ta- that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Players at that level. Not good enough, not good enough inverted commas for United, but, you know... He'd be the main man in Everton's midfield. Yeah. Are we finding it more difficult to try and break into that, as dare I say, top four next season? When about say seven or eight years ago, it was just the same normal top four: Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool. Now Tottenham are in the mix, and City are in the mix. Now Andy Williams, and it was a lot easier, a lot easier, so to speak. But when Moyes was in charge of Everton, yeah, I know what you mean. It was more viable to try and break into the top four. But when it, whereas now you've got six teams to try and break into. Um, a, I know what you're saying. I don't know. It goes back to what I was saying before: is if you've got six teams at the top. They were all taking points off, off each, each other, other yeah. then that's better than four teams at the top were taking points off each other because it actually mm. it, it makes them lose more points near the top of the table. But I know I know what you're saying is that there's six there's rather than five teams going after four places like under Moyes, yeah. there's seven teams going after four four places at, at the moment. But we, is top four viable for us next season or getting into the top six? I was going more, to say, do, do, realistic. do we have to hold our nerve a little bit and accept that fifth might be really be, be good great. achievement? Yeah, be we, great. You know, you overtake yeah. two, those two teams that Ronald has spoke about, finish the season in fifth, and in the final year of his contract, he's going, right, we go into that summer of 2018 in a better position, convincing other players that we might need to just one or two to... Strengthen is good. I think it's going to be really difficult to have your Europa League run and finish fifth. They've seen Man United, but the squad Man United have got, they couldn't do it. They're in the Europa League final, but managed to finish sixth. They could be in the Europa League next year or the Champions League where those two things are pushing on them, aren't they? So, as I say, I mean, you say this every year, all the big clubs are just going to pull away from everybody, but they don't do it. Okay, there's a gap. But for us, I don't think it's an insurmountable. It was interesting today that one of the leading places des- described as an elite seven at the top of uh, the Premier League. Uh, I didn't write that, Gavin. No, 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 I didn't write yeah, yeah, that either. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I said the word elite there. <laughs> that was the. Uh, no, but seriously, um, I think like the um, the thing is there is that is is the top six. I would. Uh, is it the top six or the top seven? Or just take your Everton hat off for a minute. Well, Gav, Gav is a big advocate of the top seven. Yeah. And his elite mates, obviously. His elite mates as well. Yeah. But yeah. Is it because you're never told him, Gav? That's why no. you're saying top seven. The, the gap between seventh and eighth, 15 points, isn't it? Yeah, the gap between, so I've just said between seven, Everton seven. and Arsenal. Yeah, but the gap between Everton and United is eight, seven, eight. So wh- where are Everton? Are they, you know, starting to 15 points behind? So it's, that, it's top seven, isn't it? Top seven, if that's what you want to get into. That's what, you want to get to, you've got, that's what Evan have got to do next yeah. season. Maintain the gap between seventh and eighth, if you like, to meet, maroon the rest of the division. Sod you lot, right? It's us lot. I think for them, for Everton to do that, they're going to have to come out the Europa League early. 
gonna have to. I, I, you're gonna have to. I think. Depends what he says. You got a point there. I honestly wonder how seriously they'll take it. You know. He said. He said we're taking it seriously. Yeah, but they all do, don't they? He's got to. You don't. You does don't he? work hard to get no. back into it. No, does, he, does he have it at Southampton? Well, they got beaten the last. Then his season, his final season, they got knocked out in the in the, in the playoff yeah, round, didn't yeah. they? To Michelin. So they didn't even. Qualify. Well, it doesn't mean if they take it seriously. He just they just bolted up, didn't they? Interestingly, that see, is that the season that he finished sixth? Correct. Three points off a Champions League spot. Was it was it that close? Yeah, it was close. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I'd wager that if he would, they were to stay in the Europa League, I don't think Southampton would have had that good of a season. Probably not. But then would. <laughs> I don't know. All, for me, all, all hinges when we sat here on September first, and going, that's the squad. Yeah. That's the squad he's got to work with. It's that fun, funny paradox, isn't it? Of the best way of qualifying for Europe in the following season is to get knocked out of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. I mean, that happened with Spurs, didn't it? Spurs going out the yeah. Champions League. Best thing that happened. And like in terms of having a run for the title, was yeah. going out the Champions League and then you know, and going out. Tottenham have got a player for every position. And they, they struggled with it, and they've got quality mm. coming in for quality. So Whereas, and we've got well, we got kids on the bench coming in see to, the, at the that, moment. Yeah. Right. See that that reality, as you put it, in that depresses me. That, and I know you're probably right, but it depresses me that we would get into Europe and be like, get to maybe out the group stage, and then behind closed doors, they're going, not bothered what happens next. We could really do with being out of this. Do you think when Mourinho? Started the first Europa League game with, with Manchester United. He, he said, "We're gonna have, we're going no, all the way." No, he he decided that, that probably what December yeah. when they're off the pace in the league and has gone. That's what I was saying a few weeks ago. On here, this is that for me is where you make a decision. If you're off the pace in the league in December, but have qualified for the knockout rounds of the Europa League, does he some, have, have a meeting with the players and say, "Listen"? No, I think he I think he he just decides, doesn't he? I think you've got to start making a decision around that point because you go. Do we sack the Europa League off and try and claw back that, that points deficit? Or do we look at the Europa League as a way maybe into the Champions League? I know it's difficult in knockouts. You go around the place and, you know, it's cup competition, anything can happen. But I think you've got to make a decision. That's why I think Everton have got to be serious yeah. until at the end of the group stage and then take stock. Do you think that might, if we do take a series early doors, it may hinder our league position early on in the season? Well, no doubt. Yeah, it will do. It will stretch, but then this all goes back to what I was saying. Let's see what the squad is. Well, let's put these crystal balls away and return to the the agenda of a season review. We'd finished 11th in consecutive seasons before Ronald Koeman came in last June on the 14th. We'd all, to a man, I think, agreed that Koeman was the right manager to come in. Now, let me first turn to someone who would change the name by deed poll to Koeman, I think, if he could. <laughs> the man... Cannot do any wrong in this man's eyes, Mr. Tony Scott. <laughs> Tony Cooman. <Yeah. laughs> but okay, he's yeah. Um, he's done all. He's done all right, hasn't he? Better than expected, would you say? I think what we've done this season is probably it's a massive improvement. I'd say home form, especially on the roads, not as much. But I think what I think he made a couple of phrases in his opening press conference. We need to make Goodison into what it is, what he's done in the past, and it'd be a massive improvement on the home form. And he basically said that we need to be difficult to beat. And then two things he's brought to Everton in his first season, made up with the points total, league position. It's just I would have taken it. But if you probably to ask most Evertonians last season after Roberto Martinez was sacked, this will have a better quality of players on the pitch. Would take seven spots, two defeats at home all season. I think they would have taken that all day long. It's just, it's the manner of the way the season's ended and the two derby defeats and whatnot. It's somewhere hindered the season, but overall, I think it's a massive improvement. And I probably would have taken that back in last season when Roberto Martinez was sacked. Gav, if you, you know, it was a, a start to the season was mixed in a way, wasn't it? They, yeah. they started quite positively. You know, he showed his ruthless side away at West Brom. And things looked promising, and then they hit that sort of winter slump. Yeah, um, I think in terms of the, the overall season, I'd say I think we all said that seventh was going to be it really, but that the points tally was important because fifty would have got cut your seventh, wouldn't it? I think. What did we get under Martinez? Was it forty nine? Was it forty seven? Yeah, think. which probably would have given us around seventh or eighth. But that would have got a seventh or eighth this season, eight, sorry, eighth or ninth this season, wouldn't it? Sorry. So I think the points tally was important as well. So we got 
plus 60 points, but actually we probably could have got, think about it, mid-60s, mm-hmm. really, if we'd have sort of done anything at the end, you know, at the end of the season, as you say, so it, it sort of sort of put a little bit of, uh, not a dampener, but it sort of sucked the edge off a little bit. Uh, so I think, think it as a season, it's probably, if you was marking that up to 10, I'd probably say seven, seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, I think if we'd have got say 65, 66 points, we would have said, you know, set, you know, seventh with 66 would have been an eight on. What did eight you expect Cav at the start of the season? I probably said late fifties, and being mm-hmm. seventh, I think 61 is probably a couple of points more than what I was expecting. But the way it's worked out, isn't it? It's because all the teams below have been, let's face it, hopeless haven't hit all season. You know, mm-hmm. it has made things easier mm-hmm. for us. I'm happy with the personnel change as well. Sorry, Gav, I'm yeah. happy with the personnel change when you're considering what we've seen recently. When you've seen like Kone on the pitch and cleverly and all these types of players and the ends of Martinez's is rain and now you've got like you're just a guy and you Morgan Snard and the players you've just basically come in and made everything their own really. And you've got the emergence of Tom Davis and loads of youngsters. I think it's been a really promising season. They have been harder, much harder to beat for the vast majority of the season, which was. It's it's stating the bleeding obvious, but it was so important after the demoralising last twelve months of Martinez's reign, when it wasn't Everton. Some of those performances, and they were getting they were getting the backsides handed to them by poor sides. I think about the Sunderland defeat right at the end of Martinez's reign. But even before that, you know they were conceding goals all over the place, and that in itself just drags the morale down of the fan base and the squad. So maybe that wouldn't have been that hard to change in a way. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing a bit of a disservice. Was it changing though, was it? No, possibly. Possibly it was yeah, to get into the psyche of that squad. and He's done that well. Um, the Cups, were, for me, were a major yeah. disappointment. Mm. And when I was thinking of the Cups when we were talking then, very honestly and, and bluntly about how we assess a little bit about next season and maybe fifth, maybe sixth. But for me, and for all of us I know, that lack of silverware just gets more and more alarming. And... I was disappointed with, with Everton this season in the Cups and Koeman's got to take his degree of blame for that. Yeah, we'd argue that that helps the league form, going back about the yeah. Cup league sort of balance. Um, I think, for me, it's good that we've had the best second half of the season, the first half of the season. After Christmas, the fifth, fifth best points total, was it? Something right, like okay. that, after Christmas. Um, at one stage, just in spirit, at one stage, I think we had the top points total yeah, after Christmas, point, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Sort of the end of February, mm. sort of middle of March. So I think that's good. I think you've also got to see see within the context of the development of the club, haven't you? So you're seeing like the stadium move, other things going on, you know, at the top of the shop as well. Mm. I think you've got to see, the, see this season in the context of the development of Everton, not just on the pitch. And I think all oh, that's been encouraging. Um, the incessant thing, without going into next season mode is so you mentioned coming to some of the youngsters coming through is how that fits into the immediate future of Everton Football Club bear in mind some of the things you're saying about needing to pay mm. top dollar for a large number of players I mean you see Phil you see the, you know obviously the under under 20s yeah. and stuff and Greg what's he, you know, well, what are your points on that Phil alluded to it earlier and the th- thing is we have to see it I reckon in a much shorter degree of perspective. Basically, this is a three-year thing. For, I don't think any of us can really, at the moment, see Koeman strong chance that he's going to stay, stick around after this contract. So, in a way, that distorts the way we look at the club's next couple of seasons because, in a sense, you can't really afford to be using blood and young players for the sake of the long-term um, club's benefits. I think Cumin's going to be looking at the window as we know this one's bring players in and players if they're good enough like Tom Davis will be getting into into the mix but as Tony said in the last few podcasts Dominic Carver-Lewin wouldn't have probably been playing if in a perfect world no. as much as he has done yeah. um, so you know Look, I, I, it's difficult isn't it Phil yeah, we are I, looking at it on a I, very short term scale I won't expand too much on it because it's going to be the, the subject of my column this week you're elite column. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading, good, leading. Yeah, does he yeah, get yeah. elite, does he? No, elite of elite on this podcast. Um, it's very easy for me to say I'm you know, not involved at anywhere near the sharp end of, of football and wouldn't know where to start if I went into a negotiating room and all this sort of stuff, I crumble. But this summer, 
in the context of the of the and I hate the word but he uses it project it's a three year project Ronald Koeman will not be ever be on the end of his contract I'm absolutely certain of it that's the way he works nothing nothing in his career and his track record says he, he would stay beyond his contract at any football club he doesn't sign extensions blah 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 that's why this summer is absolutely vital to get it right because if if we start ne- we start se- uh, September and the club have missed out on the targets and the squad is nowhere near as strong enough as Ronald wants then for me the worry would be that we're playing a massive degree of catch up Ronald has clearly believed promises about what he's been able to spend in the th- in the th- in the three summers he's at the football club and gone we can achieve a credible and realistic top force challenge in three seasons first season we've created stability we've improved we've tightened up we've jumped up four league places now the real challenge starts and this summer's vital if we're going to jump up a place or two and start the 2018-19 season amongst the the, the runners and riders for f- top four we have to get this one right if we don't we're just shredding water yeah, yeah totally because yeah. by the time you you got the January transfer window and that's 18 months into a three-year contract yeah. and that's not going to happen, is it? You know, and he's, he, he sort of hinted at that, hasn't he, by saying all the players yeah. that I want and have left it to the, the board or whatever to, to uh, uh, take forward. But in terms of this this season, just to clarify, in terms of the next two years, which of the players that we think on the pitch at the moment will be? Based on... Now we've reached the end of the season, we know we've had this discussion... Couple of months ago and stuff like that. Which of the players you think are the ones? Schneidel. Let me be lining up on. I wouldn't house half of them. More than half of them. Mm-hmm. We're talking about starting next season. Yeah. Or so it's two fair, goalkeepers I, gone. Yeah. Our first Premier League line off. Forget about the, the, the Europa League qualifiers. That can be a bit. Who gets in it? Who's currently? Yeah, who, who would actually say I want them in my starting lineup? In that's the middle that's of keep Baines at left back for the sake of we've got other priorities to address. I mean, to be fair, goalkeeper straight away. Yeah, I was going to on about Baines, but it's actually. You never see Leighton have a bad game, really, do you? When you think, you know, you know, he say like, I know he should be offered a bit more, but I think his game's changed. Yeah, I think he's had to change his game. I think, I think he's improved defensively in the last eighteen months, and I think Ronald's brought out a different game to him. But I understand what you're saying. We're used to seeing the marauding Leighton Baines, aren't we? And he'll still do it every now and again. Yeah, but I think he's had to. There's an acceptance that maybe he's had to adapt his game, and he's, he's doing a job, isn't he? For the have team. you seen a difference, Leighton Baines and Stephen Pienaar moved on? I don't think you've seen the same. I don't think he's had the same confidence to go forward because he's not had a natural, consistent left-sided partner, has he? He's yeah. had like Lennon and Morales and then yeah. Balassi and Feu one week, yeah. You know, so yeah. Kone one week, Barkley one so week. Do you think he may address that by an out and out left winger? He needs again to borrow his phrase, productivity, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. So I don't think he's buying a left-sided winger to bring the best out of Leighton. I think he's doing it to bring the best out of the forward line. But if if you know if that in, in the team dynamic and framework can help, okay. Leighton. So Baines, okay, Baines, Sorry, maybe yeah. looking at to for, for for somebody to challenge him on that. Definitely I think need that's cover. what we need. Yeah, definitely need cover. Yeah. But so, he starts. Yeah, okay. So not the keepers don't start. I'd say from the back four, just Baines. Yeah, Coleman, Coleman. if he's fit. Coleman obviously won't be. Wouldn't even you think John Joe Kenny would be a good backup? I think yeah, he's but we're talking about starting here, aren't we? Yeah, I'll start. But yeah, definitely a backup. Yeah, to move into the midfield. Schneiderlin, yeah. Schneiderlin, this uh, Tom Davis. Yeah. Happy with them three. Oh no, I, I would, I'd say Schneiderlin. I'm Tom Davis. It goes back to what we were saying before about the development of academy players. When you want to want to bring in, he's a good player, Gav. He's a very he's, good player. I, I think. I, he, I, 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 yeah, he is. Listen, at 18 years of age, to do what he's done this season yeah. against class class midfielders. By the way. If he's had at arm's length, he's done really, really well this season. What's, he, re- what's he really done though, Tom? In apart, big... apart from being eighteen and doing well, well, he stood up. Uh, all right, for eighteen years of age, he stood up in big games. Uh, How many points has he won us? How many times has he been the man of the match and we've won? I'll tell you what he does do. He doesn't go hiding in big games. No, I didn't ask you that though. But he, he's not, not that type. He's, he's a box-to-box midfielder who keep the ball. He'll always look for a forward pass. Now, it's just How a guy when he gets the ball. Well, it, he's had a few, yeah, but at 18 years of age, I know, but that's the point. So, what are you going to do to spend 25 million on a centre midfield and take a chance he's, when you've got a lad who's proven at 18 years of age? He's not, proven, though, is he? He's really? just shown this he's season. got taken off after 25 minutes on, on Sunday. So, what are you taking, acknowledging no. that game rather than the 20 no, previous? No, what I was going to follow with that, in the big games, I mean, 
at Anfield, I don't think he was great. I at, thought he was one of Everton's best players. I don't think so. Where he actually shows up. Yeah, but no. In, in terms of a, in terms of somebody you want to do, who's the finished article you want to produce in the big games? Because we talk about challenging Tottenham and Arsenal mm. and all that type of stuff. I don't think he's there. Yeah, and the, and the danger is, is then we'll be, we 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 need to bring somebody in, in that sort of role where he plays who we spend 30, 35 million quid on and for that reason I'm not, saying, I'm not disputing anything there about his quality and stuff like that also you've got like second season syndrome always plays in in terms of young players development I think it'd be of a risk, bit of a risk to say Tom Davis is the finished article of that No I never said that I said that he's well more than worthy of starting Everton games next season Well but we want people who are the finished articles starting Everton games next season don't we? <sighs> I mean that, that's what we're saying. If, you, if you're talking about Arsenal, are going to have that. It's very uh, difficult to have players of that ill. Only City and Chelsea can uh, afford uh, them players, can't they? Well, how, how, how many how many teams? I know that that was how many teams played under twenty year olds in the Premier League last 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 year for a lot for most of the season. I think there was only there was only two players, wasn't there? It was only Rashford and Davis. We only wanted to get like thirty mm-hmm. play like two thirds of the season. Yeah. So what you what you're saying from there is. Is that actually it's generally acknowledged in the Premier League that if you want to succeed and be at the top, then actually you've got to have experienced, dare I say, top players if you if you want to succeed. And I'd really like Tom, but I don't think he's there yet. And no, I think he's a lot better than half of the, the midfielders that we've got at the club. Yeah, but that's what we're saying. Half of the, we're saying half the midfielders we've got at the club, we don't think are good enough to play yeah. for the club. I'm not a knows that, and that's the thing. I, I'm not. I'm not. I think he's got priorities Tom. more than Tom Davis, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm not dissing Tom. Eh? He's obviously enormously he's talented, a class act. and he, yeah. and you know, and he's great off the pitch, etc. He's 18. But is 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 he hand on heart? Somebody to say, I want him in the team next year because I think he'll he'll take us to fifth in the league it's a, it's a big ask well, well interestingly do you know what I know social media is no guidance to go off in a general football fan but when you're looking at opposition fans when Everton are playing them they always mention oh, Tom Davis is a good because he's 18 and he's first onto the scene and he's looks looks his goal against City like this, yeah. I mean I think what we're saying is here Tom as well is that's what we won our first week's eleven, but we know because of the developed Europa League and all that, and dare I say, squad rotation. Actually, he can still be around the club and play a hell of a lot of minutes next season. I think I was going to say. I was going to. I was going to. I think Tom needs. He's eighteen. He's time to breathe. Yeah. He'll naturally have peaks and troughs because he's a young lad. I agree with you, Tony. I think he's been. I think he's been excellent. But, but I think Gav makes a good point about. You know, if you're saying squad depth and Tom Davis is is part of the. A, a pool of midfielders you're really happy but equally I wouldn't be surprised if Ronald was out there looking for you know look, let's talk about Davy Klassen somebody like that do you know what I mean mm. a little bit older a little bit more experienced a little bit more maybe but then again Phil you yeah. just mentioned him you're taking a gamble with him bringing no, him yeah, in yeah, someone yeah. spends 25 know, million on him has he yeah. got to shoot the Premier League well, we don't know straight away well, I know what you're saying that's he what... fits the bill well, Klassen's just one name, isn't he? To be fair, yeah. I know what you're yeah. there. You know, but you think about David Klassen scored how many goals in Eredivisie? He scored seven or eight in Europa League. Part of the team has got to the Europa League final, and this is not a. It's not. I'm not trying to compare the two yeah. because they're they're completely different stages of the of their careers, aren't they? Four but, years old, Adam, for starters. Yeah. yeah. So, but what's what I'm saying is, if you if you start the season with a pool of midfielders that has to include Tom, and he's in the mix, to you know, when Ronald's getting his team selection for the August the twelfth or whatever it is. He'll consider Tom, he has to. All right, so if, if Tom Davis goes up for sale now, how much does he but get? That's not the question. That's, that's it is because what I'm trying to say, because no, because what I'm trying to say is that there's if you're looking to dish him out to, to start an eleven, then you're having to buy a player for X amount yeah. to start. Well, yes, how much that's is what he want. then? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. How much is that player X amount to improve on Tom Davis then? Well, probably uh well, it's a bit like every position it is. No, come on. Oh, well, okay, so you've we're seventh. Go going up to sixth, you'd be saying is is actually oh that on face value that should be pretty easy to do. But we know there's an enormous chasm there, and this is what we're saying is is, is here is if you've got Tom Davis, you're going to have to spend a lot of money just to make that that difference. It may not look case, then. Oh, well, well, I, 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 because Tom Davis, it, that's what I'm trying to say. If you're trying to improve on Tom Davis, 
You need to spend about 30 yeah, million on him. Yeah, but just sat there and said they're going to have to, to spend, spend to yeah. strengthen the squad. But there's priorities above him. That's no, what I'm to say. He's got to start. You can't just spend 30 million on all kinds of players in the well, well, because we're saying I that we've got, we've got to build it too. We've got to build the squad. You can't reduce the financial fair play anyway. So you've got, you got, you got other priorities. Goalkeeper, forwards, a number 10 straight away before you even start. No. Centre halves. Yeah. More than them. Tell you what, this could be a long pod here. We haven't even got away from the midfield in there, you know. But no, but I think um, what we're saying is, I take your point, but we're saying is that area of the pitch needs centering. And what I'm saying is, as part of that centering process, I don't necessarily see Tom Davis as being the person I would like to see start start the game. But I'd like to see him given game time, which he'll get next season. As in six, of the in, in oh. five in five years' time, six, if Tom develops as we think he will. Yeah. He, he is, the, he is the, everything that you build the team around. I suggest we, on that point, we move on from Tom uh, Davis. Other priorities okay. above them three midfields, as I tell you. The other thing as well is, and this is definitely from another podcast, whether, and you know what the point about just a guy and you can quote all his tackling stats and all With this. With all day. Is whether, as a top-class Premier League club, whether he would get it get in that. You're just trying to bait him, by the way. Because you know. I, I, I think... When he's playing, playing elite club, shall you use that phrase word? Now, at the top end, I'm not sure whether he's actually good enough. But I do think... Wasn't he man of the match play. against Spurs at all? I'm just saying. Was he not? He might have been well, man. Oh, yeah. I think, no, I, 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 think, I, think if, I think... I don't want to put words in Gab's mouth, but if you were using the natural comparison of him and Kante, which everybody does, in terms of... Yeah, they'll, they'll match each other energy work rate tackles, but when... He's got the ball. He's not as good as other midfielders at yeah. the top club. Kante yeah. makes better players. Makes good, you know. I'd say better players better, which is probably the, which is probably the case. And his influence on the game and getting up the pitch and stuff. He, you know, he, he's a far better player than this guy. But I, I think well, I'm worried about that. I just got in the back of my mind the three or four big games you've had this year where mm, Gay's been a fault. Liverpool them, and yeah. was it Man United? Well, I can't remember the other one. Chelsea, Chelsea home. Man United actually did very yeah, well in yeah, both games. Man, so, Man yeah. United, Chelsea at home, and I'm thinking if that's the standard of competition we want to meet, is whether actually he's got it in him to, to to compete in those games. But again, it's a bit like the Tom Davis question. I'd like him around the club, but that's I think that's another area that I'd like to see. So you, uh, would you risk the two of them not starting? I mean, yeah. we want to see improvements on them. Yeah. It's been just, I just think well, that's depends. Priorities above. Well, we've said that, haven't we? We've said that. I think that's what I'm trying to say. You can't, you can't just basically say this. Summer, when we August the 12th, our first game of the season, new player, new player, new player, new player, new player. You can't. But it doesn't happen like that. But, but, that, that was the question. The question was those players that you think are guaranteed to start and place at the start at the 12th of August that you would like to say definitely we want them in the team. If if we haven't got enough money to, to or whatever, well, you, can't, thing, you can't obviously then we shine. Can't, like but that's what I'm saying. But the question was not the players you'd leave out, it's the players that you definitely want in. And what I'm saying is, what we said so far is the only out of the sort of goalie, four defenders, and say three midfielders before you get to a front three, the only two players that, that I think I would say I want them playing on on the on the. You've got to be realistic. Be Bain, Bain Bain be Baines with one cover as well. But you've got to be, be risk, realistic with all of the new eleven. But you've got to be realistic with the players. That the question was not not being realistic <laughs> under financial fair play. Right. The question was, who do you think of? The, you would say if we were going to compete in the top six and we're past the top seven or whatever, that those those players would definitely be in that team. We're saying Snyder and definitely Beans, with the caveat that I think we need cover and competition there. Yeah, and also, I mean, I'm basing a, a degree of my confidence in the fact that he wants to strengthen midfield the fact that he said we haven't got somebody from midfield who's got 10 goals yeah. we have to which with, with Barkley that's what you need well I think he I don't think he was necessarily classing him in that I think he genuinely meant midfield would you, yeah. would you think Koeman would be happy if he was to say get 25 million for Ross and then go and buy Sigurdsson with it would yeah, you be you, happy with that you, you've also got to remember you know what's going to happen to McCarthy because yeah. you, you're stockpiling Midfielders of the similar ilk. Yes, we want a squad and Barry stuff. But well. you've got you've got Barry Besic, McCarthy, Guy, Davis, Schneidlin. They're all defensively minded. There's six there. Yeah. You can't have six defensive midfielders. Yeah. I mean, I know Roberto loves them, but yeah. 
So, you know, you're reinvesting, you're selling James E for, for uh, hypothetically for whatever. 15, 20 minutes. You're yeah, you yeah. putting that back in, you see. So, so I, you know what I'm saying here? So, I'm not saying like they're not good enough or drop them from team and sell them. What I'm saying is, it's like if, if you if you want to do what you say we need to do with, at the start of the pod is right is that, and bridge that enormous gap that appears on paper, which the players in the current squad you would definitely want in your starting 11, when we've already looked at maybe what. Eight places there. I'm normally saying two players. Also, them eight players. Should, should we give him? Shall we give him for? Should we give him for argument? Say a gay slash Davis as as a yeah. as a player oh, yeah. holds into one. Yeah, and let's move into the thinking. Let's move into the forward line. Morales sling. <laughs> sling him. Honest, I wouldn't have him on a bet. I don't know how he's got the contract. Well, we know why he's got it because yeah. obviously the selling value there. Obviously, if someone's Thick enough to go and buy him. I just how these fans. He has. He's got this fan base, hasn't he? And I don't know how he's got it. He turns up twice a season. He hasn't even done that this year, has he? And how he can justify. He's played about five or six games towards the end of the season. Didn't do a tap. I don't know how he can justify a place even getting anywhere near the squad. He's he's a Europa League player next season. As I just touched on. Keep him in there. Stay in the cups. He shouldn't be anywhere near. The Premier League starting eleven shouldn't be anywhere near. Lads with loads of ability, but doesn't want to know. Attitude problem. Sling him to someone else. Lukaku, Lukaku stays, doesn't he? Lukaku. But not sure. I know what you're saying, so. But, <laughs> I mean, he was he was another one who didn't do himself justice at all. I thought I thought I was expecting a bit of a performance off. Morales on, on Sunday considering you know, he usually the turns it on well, and he, the you know I'm, I'm with Tony he's, hasn't he's, got the stomach for it he's only simple. got he's only got a, you know a bit left in the tank hasn't he um, how long has he been here as well five, five years, years yeah. Ah, yeah. forget about yeah. it okay so that leaves us then with Lukaku if he stays yeah Okay, assuming that he stays. It's if we yeah. want, isn't yeah. it? The question yeah. was who we would assuming want. Assuming that Koeman, you'd be a fool not to say, no, he's not good enough. You know? But Lukaku, definitely. Um, Balassi? Assuming he's injured. I mean, well, well to be fair, I mean, assuming he's injured, I assume, I don't know what his latest... I think he'd be looking towards, if he's, if he's on the positive side before Christmas, yeah. I think he's the feeling. I'm looking forward to seeing what Yannick. I, 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 I was happy with him. I was really happy with him when he started. Fit and firing, I think he's he's a seriously yeah. good option. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, when it comes to think of it, we didn't half miss him. <laughs> you know, no, the second half of last season. I mean, fair fair places from the players who come in. You know, in in this place. I mean, I think um, you forget that. Um, Rom, definitely. Um, who else we got left? We got leave Ross for a bit. Valencia, we we gonna say? I don't know. I don't know. He's not gonna be. No. He's been starting eleven. No, he's he's not the club. Yeah. What um, about all this Deadwood we've got to flog coming back from loan? Taylor Fayer will go somewhere, yeah. won't he? Cleverly's already gone to Watford. Coney's been released. McGee's back, no? He'll go to Preston. Nias will be sold, I think. Yeah. Um, who else? So there's some big turnover of players there, isn't there? Yeah, you know? decent earners as well, yeah. by the way. I know. So. Um, yeah, cleverly, no transfer fee. So yeah, he was on 55 grand, wasn't he? Yeah. Niasi, who's going to have him? Says you're going to struggle to get him off the wage bill. No, he did all right at Hull, didn't he? Oh. Do you not think? Not, no. They'll find the club for I, sure. I think, to be it. fair, what he did at Hull shows that. I mean, I know there was like lots of rumours and stuff about where he's, you know, that he's just awful, but there's a little bit of a player there. There's far worse Premier League strikers than him I've seen so last season. Yes. Yeah, easy. Coley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So like, this this is about players that are good enough, not, oh, not that yeah, players yeah. who. Yeah. Roberto Martinez, what a guy! Oh, he's still on so, us two years on. Yeah. Tell you what, everybody's getting stick, aren't they? You know. It's end of the season, Gabby. Yeah. Throat, can't you? I shouldn't have said that elite thing, should I? Really? <laughs> but no, seriously, that leaves one player, doesn't it? Which is Ross, doesn't it? I think. Yeah. So we've got Schneiderlin, a hybrid of Adrissa Gay and Tom Davis. Tom Gay. Tom, just okay. Davis. Baines, Baines with an option. Rom, and last by no means least, and left last for the reason Ross. Yeah. That, and that. So, all I would say is I really, really, really hope he stays at the football club. I don't know. Depending on Theresa May over there, you weren't asked that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding the question in terms of does he start. I think it depends on who we bring in. 
I don't think his position. I don't believe his position in the starting eleven will be anywhere near guaranteed next season if he stays. But I hope he does because I believe that under Cumin, he can progress and start to fulfil his potential. It'll be sad if he does go. It'll be sad. Not just as a player, but kind of one of your own, and you're fearful if he if he taps into some of that potential that he's got somewhere else. It'll be sad to see. They'd be, imagine seeing him in two or three years' time, ripping it up in the Champions League for Man United. It's going to break your heart, isn't it, watching it and thinking, do you know what, if we just could have kept him for that year. But looking at it now, yeah, he has a good three or four months. But you're looking at it now, he's got a year left on his contract, and if someone offers you 25 to 30 million for him, you'd be, you would be tempted to sell him. And go and get Sigurdsson, wouldn't you? How do you feel? How would you feel, so then, if if he didn't if he didn't sign the contract and then put him up for sale and he and he got sold? Are, are you looking at Cumin differently, or are you or you know as a supporter, are you so fully in in trust of what Ronald's doing? You you go. My gut says we shouldn't have sold him, and my heart says we shouldn't have sold him. But my head says Ronald Cumin's the right manager for this football club. It's the latter, yeah. yeah. I just fully agree with what Ronald Cumin's going to do. He'll do what's best for Everton. And I think to myself, if Ross didn't come through the academy, wearing an Evertonian, wearing a Scouser, would mm. I don't think it takes second thoughts about selling them. So yeah, I totally agree. I agree with what Ron Cleaver says. All I'd just say on it, and it's a it's a bit of a moot point really, but I feel I feel it's fair to say I blame the board for this situation. It's developed, and they've made a massive clangor in not sorting out his contract issue um, sooner, and they've created this prospect whereby one of the best academy players we've potentially had since Wayne Rooney we're in a situation now and it may already be too late because a lot of water's gone under the bridge between when Koeman started saying he signs or we sell him he hasn't signed a lot of the fans are starting to turn somewhere and convinced anyway this might happen you know if he'd signed next week yeah people would be happy but it's damaging him as a in the esteem of the supporter base already and for me, it could have been so avoided. And there's a huge calculated risk if he goes, like you both have articulated, that he does tap into that potential elsewhere. And, and when you said it like that, so to see him at another club doing well would be painful to see, especially for one of our own. But then again, there's always the chance that he, he is what he is now and will never be any more than that. Yeah. I know what you're saying about the ball, Greg, but contractual negotiations work both ways, don't they? It's- to his advisors, isn't it? You know, you've got to have a joint agreement, haven't you? Um, I think what Greg was trying to say is that it, it should have these contract talks should have happened eighteen months ago. Well, not it, it was first discussed, wasn't yeah. it? And that it's dragged on is the issue. But they shouldn't have been dragged yeah, on. Listen, listen, yeah. it, it should this should have come to Roberto Martinez or someone else in the meantime. So listen, you're signing this or you're getting sold. Not a year down the line when you're going to get less money for them and when all this is going to... Well, Koeman did say as well, to, to, it was on him a bit, because he said, I can wait till the new year. Remember he was asked yeah, about the new yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's a fair point. I know what you're saying, Greg, that actually it should have been sort of, say, by Christmas. So, actually, if you're if you going to sign sort of in the summer, tell us now, don't sort of tell us. We don't want to put, up in the, put ourselves in a position where it's sort of the middle of May, we still don't know. Um, what did you think of um, the comments around that... Um, Made by one former Everton player, that Ronald is <laughs> trying, yeah, trying to trying to push. Ross out something as well. Ross yeah. out the club. Said he'd be great for Man United. Osman, yeah. it's rich going from him. It's it? interesting yeah. what Phil said. Um, I don't know. I, I never read it like that. I, I just think Ronald is is very straight down the line, and it's black and white, isn't it? I I, I didn't read it like that. What did Phil Neville say? He said he thinks Ronald's trying to push him out the club. Yeah. I think Phil Neville's being naive. You know, I think he knows how the media works. He's experienced Premier League player, now a pundit, Everton captain. He really is invested in the media. It was just a strange thing to come out with. I don't think that's accurate at all. And no. for him to say it, it was not, it was an odd comment. Yeah, but because you because we're at the press conferences quite a lot. If you were from outside the city and just watching the press conferences from afar. And you mention you all you're seeing is Ross Barkley, Ross Barkley, Ross Barkley questions. And the next minute the manager says, "Well, if he doesn't sign, it's going to get sold." And Cumin's constantly going on at him. 
that's the, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from an outside well, looking you know in. As I'm well possibly as that, yeah. well, it's because we're at the press conferences quite a lot. Yeah, we're seeing you, it differently. You know as well as I do, though, Phil Neville isn't really outside looking in. He knows enough people in the, the Merseyside media patch, if you like, to ask them, what's going on here? You know, why is he always having a pop-up? Uh, he's I naive mean, enough not to have done his own work on that, I agree. I don't think Ronald's trying to push him out. He's just he's offered him, you know, sign, sign your deal. I mean, I think, to be fair to Ronald, I think it probably applies to Lukaku. We spoke before about three-year plans and all this type of stuff. What's he had to do later, you know? But um, I think, looking at it, he just sees Lukaku and Barkley's just getting in the way mm. of that, doesn't he? And, like, sort of, oh, I don't want to sign or might sign or... I'm not, you know, he just wants to know, doesn't he? He's part of that three-year process so I think he's within within that that plan and over three years he's well within his rights to turn around to Ross and say listen I've got a plan now I've got a plan for the summer you know so you know, he's, he's, he's not going to want to get rid of him he's offered them to sign he wants to turn as possible because yeah. we need to get in exactly. there early so. before the teams who are in the Champions League yeah. and Kai Bosch is on wages or etc yeah the problem is as well a part of it we, when we keep talking about it it's not ideal that you've got a manager who has got such a short-term plan and it's frustrating and in a way you think well Koeman is part of the problem or the issue here but we were lucky to get Ronald Koeman having finished 11th twice yeah. we were yeah. lucky to have gone and taken him off Southampton who yeah. finished above us so you can't really got, start putting the finger at him you've gone and got him for a reason and the reason is because you think he's the manager that will take Everton into the top four or challenge the top four in a three-year period. So you've got to trust him. Yeah, and going you've back got him for another reason that you're paying him handsomely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, six absolutely. million quid a year. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said that at the weekend, didn't they? They were saying about Southampton got 63 points mm. last season. Everton got 61. Why does Ronald Koeman leave Southampton then? Well, actually, well, look at Southampton now. They're about four. Yeah. Well, it was about 20 points less than what they had last year. Something. Yeah, I can think of a few reasons if you were looking at it cynically. Mm. But I, I do, I do think with. I don't think Ronalds is justified to, to not not put a gun to Ross's head or is it, but it's actually to pressurise him into the sign and his representatives. But there's another point here is and Tony touched on it, is and we spoke about this the other week and it's a comment here, is Ross gonna improve? You know, you said about, you know, going to the Champions League so and turning it on, there's a risk of that, but actually is that well, we've all sat here, haven't we? And as Evertonians from from around here, you know, really invested in Everton, all of us, we said we'd hate for him to go and succeed at another club. Well, there's Cumin, right? Who's paid to make ultimately make the decision, not from Merseyside, no Everton background, who's probably very coolly got to make a cold decision based on the here and now, and maybe, without knowing intimately, maybe his decision is I'm prepared to take that risk. Yeah, take the emotion out of it. He's not what it was. I think what he's hearing as well, there's a possible he's hearing other clubs who were bringing their players in. We heard Jurgen Klopp speak today. He said, We we basically know we've, we've got, we can't mention the details, but basically the players are already in as such. Now, if Cumin's getting wind of these clubs who've already got the players in, he needs to know ASAP about what's happening with Ross because he needs to go to Swansea or whoever or Burnley. Listen, there's the 25, 30 million. Now, I want to know what's happening with him first because there's teams above us with more money and Champions League who are signing players right now as we speak. Do you think he gets to a point in this standoff? Um, he gets to a point where Ross hasn't made a decision and, and Ronald actually will will go, right? I'm, I'm basing my, ne- my summer planning on you not being involved. Yeah. I, get, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't, I don't chance know. chance of it. But what did he do with John Stones last year? He played him, didn't he? Uh, yes, he did, didn't he? Played him right pre season, yeah. Played him in pre season, and it yeah. was more than certain he was going, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but he had Susan's John Stones, didn't he? I mean, I'm not, as you say, you don't Ross know what's going, going on. Him, well, Susan's that suits suits him and, and his and his agent. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you talk about if you put him up for sale, Gab, he's, he's going to be sold, isn't he? Yeah, well, by to who? That doesn't matter as long as he's sold. Any... <laughs> yeah. To who? Well, there's, there's, some, there's going to be a club coming in. Who? Yeah, yeah, but well, Tottenham will have them. Sit on their bench. Yeah, of course they want. You see, you get on Tottenham's bench. They're going to be. He's definitely there. getting into their second you team. You get in their squad, well, yeah. But, of course you But then, to the question then. Yeah, Have you seen the state of their bench? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so was well, on like, the it got. The bench is immense. Yeah. Now, towards the end of the season, it wasn't when yeah. he has a loads of injuries. Yeah. They're, they're going to be playing League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League. 
and Premier League okay. next season. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's very. Hey. I believe their bench got demolished as well. That's probably <laughs> no, but seriously. But then that... don't laugh at him. But yeah, yeah. Um, but would that be good enough for him? I tell you what, Ross, you're playing. You're in sort of playing for Evan, sort of in the team. Maybe you know, there's a risk that he may not even be in the team next year if he stays. Go, go and sit on the bench and play a few Champions League games and get a few Premier League well, games. Well, I no, talked I, about, I, Tony talked about the risk that Everton will be taking in. in yeah. I thought there was a risk on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. It, so. I mean, because you're not, plainly, to me, I don't think, it's, could you hand on heart say that you see a top six player based on his performances for Everton over the last three years? Over the last, I'd say there was three or four months this season where he was really really good yeah. really good. good but and even flashes in his first year as Roberto Martinez's first season 14, that's why I said last three seasons and that's the key to me as you know what, what the, the thing that provides the evidence to, about Ross to me is is in the key years between 20 to 23 which takes it from 2014 to 2017 I've seen little Little idea of development over them three years. I've seen bits. It's arguable. You know, decision making a little bit more, but in terms of like day three years as a professional footballer, where you should really kick on. And so when you get into your twenty four to twenty nine, the key years, and Ronald's talking about this, that you you there, you know, you're there, you're the finish, close to the finished article, and Ross is nowhere near that. It's arguable. Like development over as a player, playing with better players. If he plays with Dembele and Eriksson and Harry Kane. Deli Ali, he's going to improve as a player, surely. What are the better players that are going to come in this summer, Everton? Well, he's, he's taking a gamble, then, isn't he? He's taking a massive gamble, but he knows Tottenham in London, out the way, probably get a pay increase. Playing in the Champions League, playing with better players. Be interested to see um, what Spurs would be willing to offer him a week compared to what Everton would be, because Spurs aren't the biggest the players. players. Now, they, Daniel Levy's quite yeah, under yeah. really tight shift, doesn't he? Yeah, I think, so. think Ericsson's on a reported seventy odd thousand, doesn't he? Oh, you know, on the on the breadline. But, but yeah, I'm absolutely. <laughs> How does he survive with that? But, just, two kids. <laughs> 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 I just, uh, I just think that you know, Ross and his advisors have got to be very careful themselves. We're talking about us, and you just, you just said that. Is that there's no guarantee? I can't see him a top six club or six uh, top six of the seven top clubs coming in for him. And then where to go then? What? West Ham, Newcastle. Is there you know? a da- is there a danger then? Just finally on Ross, is there a danger of him staying just for that final year at Everton, and then going for nothing? I would, I would fear for him if he did stay and, and made it clear he didn't want to sign a contract. I think Ronald's so ruthless, he wouldn't. Play. He wouldn't set her for. It. He said, "Listen, you're going in the summer. Does, you're not staying for your final or, year." Or if it got to the point where he did stay, I think I, I would fear. For Ross's sake, that Ronald would just say, "Right, you're sitting in the stands. You're yeah. not part of the project." So I'm not... could Evan afford to do that? Even though obviously they got a wealthy shareholder, could they afford to have a player of his value sitting in the stands, not getting the shares? Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I don't think that's a scenario that any of us want. No, do the you know? And Nobody that, wants that. Would that would be like the sort of nuclear option, wouldn't it? Really. But I do think that I think Ross's. Advisors taking some big risks at the moment because what they're basically saying is if we don't sign, we're expecting to go to a big club in the summer. That way he can fulfil his potential and ambition. I'm not sure that's going to go. How about, how about he doesn't sign, stays because no one he comes in wants him, and then he's frozen out but breaks back into the team at some point for some unforeseen set of circumstances, fulfills, shows he can fulfil his potential and signs in January or next summer. Possibly. It's another, it's another Looking on the positive side of it, you never know. What do you, what do you think will happen? I th- I think he'll leave. I think he'll leave. I think he'll leave. Yeah. I think he'll stay. Three leaves and a stay. There you yeah. go. Well, we've uh, <laughs> we've definitely set the world to rights in this episode. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Before we go though, I think looking back because this was the theme of this podcast. Let's try if we can, in a word, each of us summarise. The last season gone. So I'll start with you. Can you think of a, a phrase or a word by which to summarise the 2016-17 season? Um, you can't limit it to one word. Well, can't get it. You can have a phrase. You can have a phrase. Couple, couple of words. Massive improvement and pride back. Okay. Pride back in the club. I'm happy with that. 
I'll have Greg consolidation and a, a new beginning. Oh, PK. Well, I'll stick to the original rules of creating one word. Um, encouraging. That's the new start. I'm taking my own words. It's a big language, Gav. I was, 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 was going to say elite there, but obviously I can't say that. Like, <laughs> can't you know, say elite. You can't say it. Oh, it's can't. dictionary there. Go on, use yeah. it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say it. Finish. I'm finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That, just a quick anecdote. You know what that reminds me of? You know when Bob Wilson started doing a grandstand and he's doing two pieces of camera? He went through, they used to do um, QPR of a flat, because uh, it was like by uh, BBC Studios, they used to do QPR's game I went here at home and go back to the studio and give a report in the grandstand studio. And Bob Wilson, when he first started on telly, he went to QPR and uh, Arsenal were playing. Alan Ball scored twice, man of the match performance. And he got told before he started, whatever you do, get your first line right. You know, so he mm. said, oh, his first line was. Uh, I've just been to uh, QPR with Alan Balls put on the Madden Rats performance and uh, Frank Boff was introducing and he goes Frank Boff goes uh, right and now over to uh, uh, Bob Wilson uh, he's been to QPR with Alan Ball put in the Madden Rats performance <laughs> <laughs> and Bob Wilson just looking at the camera like, like a bit like I am now what did I say yeah. like, you know, come on one way uh, one couple I don't know I'm, 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 I'd have to whatever whatever if you type in encouraging and synonyms on there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'd go with that. I tell you what, um, building. There you go. Yeah. Building on and off the pitch. Well, this, thanks very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as we have recording it. Scotty's off to suck a lozenge, and we're off <laughs> to take out our earplugs. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week.